Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. This podcast is designed to give recruitment consultants at all levels of their career some tips and ideas from the coalface of recruitment and also access to some of the best minds, both from inside and outside recruitment. The goal of this podcast is to offer you ideas that you can use to improve your business, ideas that can bring you closer to your personal goals, and tips that you will be able to implement this week to help you on that journey. I'm your host, Adrian Mansfield. I've had a number of million pound years, years where I've billed over a million pounds in contingent recruitment billings. I've worked in the UK and internationally and traveled the world as part of my 20 years in recruitment. I'm still learning every day, and I hope that we can learn some new things together with these podcasts. I'm always available on social media, at Million Pound Biller, and I'm happy to discuss any ideas or concept with listeners on any of those media streams. Now on to this week's Coffee Break podcast. Welcome back to the Coffee Break podcast. After the end of 2021 and the best of collection, I hope some of you have got some good ideas from the books and podcasts I recommended. I've also included in the notes to this podcast links to a free trial with Audible and also ways to benefit for a trial on Blinkist by using my codes, you can take advantage of both of these. I had a really relaxed festive period, spending time catching up with friends and family, and it was nice to have a couple of weeks of relaxed time with perhaps the odd overindulgence. Given I work in a range of countries and time zones, Christmas period is a great time, as so many parts of the world have holidays around the same period. Even those in the Muslim world have holidays surrounding the end of our year, And that means that many of my clients are off or on reduced work hours at the same time. So it's a period that I can truly switch off. I also get the real chance to look back and think about my plans for the next 12 months. As I mentioned in earlier podcasts, I'm implementing the concepts of the 12 week year in 2022. And I'm now into my second week of that first 12 week period. I have to say that so far it's really helped with my target setting and the work I do at the start of each week to assign my tasks that I need to get done in that particular week. I've also seen the real benefit in being able to come back to my tasks when something unexpected comes up, as it's so often the case in recruitment. I take the unexpected issues, deal with it, and then simply refer back to the goals for that day and get back to those tasks at my hand. Before these curveballs, these may well have taken me right off focus, but now I have a path and I simply come back to that whenever I make a slight detour. This, however, does bring me onto the first topic this week, that of focus. I picked up a new book over the Christmas period. Johan Hari's Stolen Focus. Some of the concepts on the wider effects of social media are quite scary. But from a day-to-day basis, he makes some really clear points on how such diversions and distractions as social media and others affect our output. I've always been someone, as I suspect is the case for many in recruitment, who feels that I can deal well with distractions. After all, that is pretty much a standard for our business. We start the day with a plan, and then within 30 minutes, we get a client call or a candidate issue, or something from our bosses, and our plan is just simply out the window. We just simply react and deal with it. Then you look at the facts and see how much the simple effect of taking your eye off a task at hand to read a text or check an email, what that does to your output, and you start to understand the way you work is perhaps not the best method for delivering in the long run. I'm still very much a work in progress on this, but I've taken on some key facets in the past few days that I hope will become long-term habits. Those are implementing short time blocks of focus. I bought a cheap time cube from Amazon. 
This sets a timer for the set amount of minutes by simply turning the block on the relevant side. Before that, I do that though, I turn off my mobile or put it onto Do Not Disturb and close my emails, assuming it's not an email I'm actually crafting. Then I set the timer for the time needed to complete the task, for example, a proposal to a client, and then I focus and get that task done in the period I set myself. The focus is just on that task. The time frame is a short one. I'm usually 15 to 20 minutes is suitable for me. I found that by singular focus on that one task for that short period, I can achieve most of the tasks in the time I set. Some that may have taken me 30 minutes to an hour under the previous methods with distractions. Then once done ton, and the timer going off, I relax and give myself a chance to catch up on anything that comes in whilst I was in that short focus window. I deal with that and then I go back to my task and set up a next block of focus, perhaps calling candidates. And again, I refocus, reset the timer and block out all distractions bar the area that I'm working on. Aha, I see you say. But what if you think of something while you need to do later while you're in that focus period? How would you deal with that? Simply, I have a pack of post-it notes by my side and if I have an idea or I want to check something or call someone later, then I make myself a note and go back to my area of focus. The point is not that you won't have ideas or thoughts during a period of focus, but rather you don't let those distract you from the goal you've set. In my admittedly limited experience on this model so far, I found that the periods of focus are best kept short. 15 to 20 minutes seems to be my sweet spot, but I wonder if that may change as I get more experience. The key to this is not so much the method or time you choose, but rather that you go with the idea of the one thing at a time concept. It's a concept I've understood for all my time in recruitment, but this is the first time I've really tried to implement it. And I have to say, so far, it really works. I heartily recommend that you give it a try and see how it works for you. Moving on to topic two for this week, the age-old question of recruitment. Which comes first, the clients or the candidates? I had the pleasure of interviewing a trainer and experienced recruitment consultant, Gavin Johnston, this week for an upcoming Million Pound Biller interview podcast. And he and I discussed that very topic. I won't spoil the interview, but I think it's a key to understand the current market remains very candidate poor. I hear daily from recruitment consultants and see from my own work that there remains issues in the market. Clients are seemingly being very picky about what they need to hire and candidates, at least the very good ones, are not really looking to move. That leads to a tough market all round since you've got both of the key areas of our recruitment process holding out for that perfect fit when we all know as good consultants that the perfect fit never exists. So how do you deal with that? Well, in my view, the focus has to be on the candidates. I spoke at a previous coffee break about the idea that we should start to review what sales we want to make in a month and then work the smallest number of roles to get to that target. It seems to me that one way to get to that number of roles down is to have access to the one thing that is in the biggest demand. Hard to find, limited numbers, tough candidates. I mean, any recruitment has that job that is guaranteed to be filled if only you can find someone who fits the exact bill. So why not focus on the candidates? Why not take time to build that candidate network? The key with this is, at the risk of repeating myself, focus. Work on a small niche. Work on a very small group of candidates. Sure, the temptation is to try and build a huge pool. But as the saying goes, an inch deep and a mile wide. The wider you spread your pool, the less you will know about the people in that pool. To me, it's far better to have a very small pool of very desirable candidates, a pool that you have full knowledge of, you know all the key people, and you know that you own them, they're your pool. If you can get to that level, the next step is simply contact those clients who you know are desperate for the skills you now own. Not only will a sale be a simple one, it'll be a very easy dialogue with the candidates as well. 
because you can pitch back to them everything that they've asked for that you've now got from the client. So if you're looking to build your business this year, why not find that niche and make your goal to know every single candidate within that space? To give you an idea, my first years in recruitment, I built a £500,000 contract desk in over, just over 18 months from a pool of 65 candidates, in which only about half were working for me at any one time. So the pool you build doesn't need to be big. It just needs to be yours. I hope you've taken something from this week's ideas. I look forward to bringing you a number of new interviews over the coming weeks. I have a couple of follow-ups on our conversation with Mike Ames on the magic number that we talked about in December. And as mentioned earlier, I've got a chat with the experienced consultant and trainer, Gavin Johnston. And don't forget to look up the top tips from 2021. And if you want to listen to the books I recommended, take a look in the show notes for the links to Audible and Blinkist. As always, if you like this podcast, please like and comment on it wherever you get your podcasts so that others can find it. And until next week, enjoy the journey.